0: Hello and welcome to the Super Nineties Brothers. I am your host Brennan Pointer. Along with me is Adam J. Pitzler. How's it going, buddy? With you,
1: as always, it's Adam.
0: Well, you know, Adam, you don't need the gun.
1: Well, that depends on your definition of safe sex.
0: <laughs> Man, that that sounds like um, that chicken, the Colonel, like the chicken from uh, Looney Tunes. <sighs> <laughs> L- Foghorn Leghorn? Yeah, that's exactly who you sound that like. That
1: doesn't sound like <laughs> Foghorn Leghorn. It's, I mean, I'm not like uh, claiming to be the best like impressionist ever, but that's more Sean Connery than Foghorn Leghorn. But it doesn't really matter that it's Sean Connery because we're not doing a Sean Connery Bond movie today. Uh, we're doing Goldeneye! Ow!
0: And more um, importantly, we're doing Goldeneye 007 for the N64. Ow! That's correct. Like It's um, kind of like a two-parter. We're doing like a... A movie, and we're doing a video game.
1: Although we're doing the game first for those of you that only like to listen to half the podcast.
0: That's right. Yeah, we we're talking about the the what we remember most, and that's you know for us, I believe that's a video game. Um, but
1: before we get before we get into all that, we want to thank all of our fans, don't we, Brennan?
0: Absolutely. You want to so do that? What?
1: No, you go ahead. You're good at it.
0: Okay. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. For continuing to support us and reading our and reading our reviews and giving us reviews and you know and listening and to reading our, show our reviews and, re- and reading, reading our, our reviews, yeah, yeah, you know, thank you. And um, you know, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram at Super Nineties Brothers, and you can find me on Twitter at Bropo Mode, and you can find Adam on Twitter at. You really don't remember? Uh, is it A Pitzler?
1: I've taken no. <laughs> I've taken the time to remember yours, which is like not your name. Mine literally is my name, and you can't remember it.
0: It's Adam Pitzler?
1: It's at Adam Pitzler.
0: Whoa. Is there a dot I know. Here? It's a toughie. It's a toughie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know
1: how you'll do it.
0: <laughs> um, You should really go with like Adam Hitler. I'd, I'd remember that.
1: I'm probably not going to do that <laughs> for multiple reasons. Many, many reasons. <laughs> Um, um and you guys can also email the show and tell Brennan what a bad idea that Twitter handle would be for me in my personal life. Uh, you can email <laughs> us at super Ninety, excuse me, super nineties brothers at gmail.com. Nineties is all spelled
0: out. And, and as always, please continue to review us on iTunes. Those reviews are important. It keeps us relevant in the search for, you know, our, for our super nineties brothers and, you know, finding us there. So, um, so thank you again for reviewing us and, uh, yeah, let's uh let's get into it. Let's uh, talk about one of the greatest first-person shooters of the 1990s. Th- that game is GoldenEye 007. It's called GoldenEye 007. That's what the game is called. Um Is it? Yeah. It's called GoldenEye 007 for the N64. Um the game ba Na,
1: ba, ba da, ba, ba da, ba
0: Mm-hmm. The game post the game actually postdates the movie by 2 years. The game came out in 1997. Isn't that the, is, do you not find that to be one of the oddest things that that's that seems so strange to me that this game would come out literally almost 2 years after the movie was released.
1: I guess in high, I guess looking at it now it seems strange, but I didn't really I didn't really think of it at the time and more importantly, I never really associated the game a lot with the movie. This was a game that stood on its own, you know, and the, it was so much better than the movie. I don't, I don't know. I didn't think about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's very true. Um, but the uh, game came out in August of 1997 um, based on the, you know, 90, 95 movie James Bond Goldeneye. Uh, and it, the game was developed by Rare, um, which, of course, is famous for making one of the greatest video game characters of all time, Donkey Kong. Um, and
1: Banjo-Kazooie. Wait a and, Con- I'm actually and conquers a, I'm Bad Fur Day. I don't
0: actually know if Rare actually created. They Donkey definitely Kong. did
1: not create Donkey Kong. No, but did. they they remastered him into the 90s.
0: That's correct for, for the Super Nintendo. Um, but yeah, check so, out our Donkey
1: Kong Country podcast in a prior true. episode.
0: Very good episode. So yeah, let's. Uh, why don't you tell us, uh, give us a, a a brief synopsis of the game GoldenEye?
1: Okay. Well, let's talk about the first player mode, um, the one player mode, which is um, it, it loosely follows the movie. Um, you're James Bond, and you have to stop you know, 006, who's played by Sean Bean in the movie, and he's the bad guy, and he kind of, he, he like blows up in the beginning or something, and you think he's dead, or he gets shot, I can't remember, um, and then he comes back, and he's evil now, and he's turned on, what's the name of their little spy group? I think it's like M-I... In my six, yeah, in my six. Anyway, so you have to go through all these different levels, um, which are, again, loosely based on how the movie flows, and you get to do a lot of the same missions that the real Pierce Brosnan does in the movie. And along the way, you have to save Natalia a handful of times, you have to kill a few important people like Oromov, Um, you have to get some help from that chubby Valentin guy, and uh, you have to complete some missions that seem primary to your goal and some missions that are new and and obtuse but that that's kind of how video games work and you get to collect all these awesome guns along the way. This game had a battery of amazing weaponry that was pretty unique at the time I would say. I mean, I, like fans of Duke Nukem and Doom will tell you that this is kind of old news, but Goldeneye took it to the Nintendo 64. They made it multiplayer and they did it right, you know, and and the graphics were at the time, really good. You know, looking back, I mean, it's just like whatever. But at the time, it was cool. And in the game, you go through like 20 levels, and they get harder and harder, and the missions get more complicated and easier to die. And, you know, we're mostly going to talk about the multiplayer to get today, because I think that's what everyone remembers most. But the one-player mode still really cool in its own right.
0: Yeah, I my first memory of playing this game was actually at blockbuster video and you remember when you could go to blockbuster and they would have like the nintendo 64 like put up and you could you could just like play like a demo of like a game they had like
1: they had like a game inserted already like you didn't get picked the game but you could play it for like a few a
0: while i think i think it would eventually time out and uh it was like a timed it was a timed game and uh but yeah i remember going there and like playing the first level like a Probably like every time I ever went to Blockbuster. Um, cause I think it was 19, yeah, 90, yeah, 97 when the game came out. And I, I believe I got my, I believe I got my Nintendo 64 in 97. Um, and, but, uh, but yeah, I remember playing, I, that's my first memory of the game was playing that. Um, I thought
1: you got it in like 99 with Zelda that Christmas. No, were you like a late kid to the party?
0: I wasn't. Golden Knight came out, um, Goldeneye came out like 2 years after the 64 was released cuz the 64 released in 1995 um I was late to the, the Super Nintendo but I was not Oh, that's right. I was not late to that. Well, I was a little bit late to the 64 like by like a year probably. Like I remember when I got the 64 like it came I got it with Ocarina of Time and uh Mario Kart and NFL Blitz and uh but yeah, um yeah, my memory of the game is just going to Blockbuster and playing it like for the first time. Like there, I have more memories of playing it, but yeah. Um,
1: so you played it when it first came out, then at Blockbuster when you were like 13, and I'm, you're playing this demo at Blockbuster. And what did you think?
0: I loved it. It was amazing. Like it was. I mean, I played a little bit of PC gaming, like first-person shooters, like Doom. Um, but I there was like there were no like there was literally no first person shooters for console gaming at the time. Like um, PlayStation might've had something. There might've been other N64 games that tried first person shooters, but they didn't really accomplish it very well. Um, but it was, you were playing a first person shooter on, on a console game on a console system. And that was, that was mind blowing um, as totally. as, like, as a 13 year old.
1: So that Thanksgiving that it came out, um, I was over at my cousin's house and my sister's, my older sister's side of the family, and she has a different dad than me. So his side of the family, the grandpa, was like was like really wealthy. Rest in peace, Grandpa Carpenter. He had this amazing house um, right on like Redondo Beach, in like near Federal Way, maybe it was Des Moines, right around there, and um, he was like a a, a big suit at Warehouser for years and years and years, and they, so they always had the coolest stuff. Is really what I'm getting at. Like they would get everything new, like shiny and new and brand new, and have it, and they would just keep it around for the grandkids or whoever to play. So we would go over there on like holidays because it was super fun. And even though I wasn't blood related, like they were always really cool to me. It was just like it's a family that's like that. You know what I mean? And me and my, they're not really my cousins, but we called them my cousins if you follow me. And we played they had GoldenEye there and we'd never like heard of it really. So me and like, like six or seven other cousins all played GoldenEye, like kind of for the first time, most of us like all day and all night, like, the adults were upstairs, you know, singing Kumbaya about, like, what we're thankful for and whatever and, like, trying the seven-layer dip and all that. You know, we got up and got a plate. We went right back down and played Golden Eye. We were glued to it. And it was, like, the perfect experience because none of us were really that much better than the others. You know what I mean? Because we were all, like, new to it. And we are all, like, experiencing this awesome first-person shooter, which... I didn't play a lot of console gaming, like, ever. We never had good computers growing up. Right. We had, like, shit old computers that were slow, so console games all... Excuse me, PC games always seemed really lame to me, so I was always a console guy. So we, we played this thing all day, and I was just... I was I was blown away by, like, how fun it was. I remember my stepmom coming to pick me up the next day from my cousin's house and take me home, and I, like, wouldn't shut up about it to her the entire drive home about how cool it was. And, and you know, my stepmom doesn't give a fuck, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you're a kid, and you're, like, so excited. You, like, don't care. Um, anyway, and I knew then I had to own it. And not only did I have to own it, I had to, like, be great at it. And, uh, yeah, my initial impressions were this is the coolest game I've ever played. This is, like, the most fun I've ever played multiplayer. Like, because up until that point, like, the best multiplayer games on the 64 were, like, you know, Mario Kart. And I maybe Mario Party 1 had come out by then, but I, I'm not even sure about that and like this was it right like you played this and you're like oh my god this is so fun with your friends
0: yeah it it it, it was a lot of fun to play i unfortunately sucked at this game did you own it <laughs> um god i'm i feel like i did i don't I, I feel like i had to have owned it owned it because i i played it so much with like um with my good not know i don't remember if i owned it or not i I, like i really don't know because i know because i I used to play it all the time with mike my friends mike and steve and and i but maybe steve just brought it over all the time and i just never owned it um
1: it's i'm blown away that you don't remember whether you owned like the greatest nintendo 64 game ever
0: third greatest um (laughs) (laughs) uh if we're going off sales um but, uh, i'm not i'm going <laughs> I, on fun i know i'm just joking um that's yeah that is that is pretty lame of me if i that i don't remember it I, I i'm going to be honest with you i remember playing it i i remember beating the game i remember playing tons of multiplayer but go looking back on it in my like childhood i don't look on it very favorably i don't know why and it's brennan's um,
1: brennan's taking the role of the heel on today's podcast now this is a role i've played a few times um on things brennan likes ocarina of time specifically i I was pretty hard on pulp fiction um i was hard on the secret world of alex Mack. but today brennan is the one that doesn't like what we're talking about which is you know unusual because brennan pretty much likes like everything we talk about because he's He's, you know, he likes stuff. Vernon likes stuff.
0: Is I, that fair to say? I, I love stuff, Adam. I, I He's love, a lover. I love a lot of things. Um,
1: yeah, and I, I, on the other hand, am a cynic. I find problems with things. I pick at them. I make fun of them. It's what I do. It's who I am. It's, it's frankly what I'm great at. So I, that's why some people would say we make the perfect yin and
0: yang. Probably. I, I Not th- many people, but some <laughs> people. I think probably my biggest hiccup with it is i was just not very good at the game and well you didn't
1: that's why i asked if you owned it but i definitely
0: borrowed it a lot like if if steve like had it like i definitely i definitely played i definitely beat the game i remember beating the game um shout
1: out to shout out to our friend steve gurney who we've got pictures of at a renaissance fair recently we were (laughs) laughing about that but we hope you're doing well if you're listening buddy
0: um so true (laughs) um yeah, um but I'm not I'm, Okay, but, well but, you but, played but, it enough to talk about it. Yeah, I, I played it enough. Like I played it so much like I remember, you know, when you were a kid, when you're, you know, a junior high kid or I think we played a lot of this in high school like in like 1999, um we would have like, you know, Mike and Steve would stay at my house and we'd play N64 games and definitely in the rotation of playing N64 games was multiplayer. Um and so that's my memory of it, and like those nights were great, like of just like hanging out and drinking Mountain Dew and playing. We'll, we'll get to nine. the, yeah, we'll get so, to the
1: multiplayer in a bit. Yeah. Um, but I I want to go through the one player mode. So you said you beat the game. Do you remember any favorite levels or missions in particular?
0: Um, I really like the satellite level. Um, I think you had to. I think the you had think to. it's called. I think it's called the surface. Okay, and you had to free. Uh, like the girl, I forgot what her name is. Um, you got, to, had to free that character from like a jail jail cell. Oh, and that's like the bunker. Maybe. The bunker. I, I can't yeah, yeah. Or um, that's
1: like beneath the surface. Like you play the surface level, then you fall down into like this bunker thing. And then you're trapped in this jail cell with Natalia.
0: Yeah. And then that, and, and so that level kind of mimics more of like what the multiplayer game was like. Cause you, you face a lot of like, uh, Russians coming at you, um, in there and you're trying to like get her out safely. Um, I like that level. Um, there's a one, the train yard level. I really enjoyed.
1: Yeah, the train. That's the most linear level, I would say. You like start at the back of the train and you go to the front of the train. Like most mm-hmm. other levels are a little more open world. This one, the train is like the most straightforward level in there.
0: Yeah, and so those are the probably like my two like probably like, favorite levels like slash missions that I that I can remember well. Um, I definitely remember like the library level, and then at the end of that, you had to you had to get to the the tank. Um, and we'll talk about the tank level in a, in a second. Um, but yeah, um, those are my favorite levels. What were yours? Uh,
1: my favorite was always the frigate. It's the, it's the one on the ship
0: where mm. you, Yeah.
1: I like that one. Cause you had this awesome gun. It was like, it was called like a DK five Deutsch and you could get it silenced. It was like the only silenced automatic weapon Ooh. in the game. Yeah. And it was awesome. So you, the, the, it was my favorite level because it it felt the most James Bondy to me. Like you you have this awesome gun that's silenced. You have to like uh, save hostages. You have to like defuse these bombs. that are gonna blow up the thing. There's like this cool badass helicopter in the back that you have to like plant a tracking bug on. Mm-hmm. And you if you and by the way I played this level a lot. If you're really good at it, you can go through the whole level with like without anyone even really seeing you other than, like, right when you open a door. But what I'm getting at is you can kill everyone without getting shot once in this game if you sneak around and you do it just right. And I think, you know, I, I was never, like, a big stealth game guy. Like, I think those Splinter Cell games are, like, really boring so I'm spending half the time, like, hiding in the bushes. Right. But, but there's something about James Bond sneaking around with these awesome guns that I, always, that I always just thought fit. I thought that was a good fit. And that level in particular, you get to do it a lot. There's there's another level like later in the game called the caverns, which is really cool. Um, you're kind of in these. It's sort of hard to explain. You're in down in like these underworld, well caverns. And l- long story short, it's a really long level with a lot of bad guys coming from a lot of different ways. There's a lot of di- there's like two planes everywhere. Like there's an upper and lower plane um, that you can fight on. There's like some hi- there's a cool hidden passage at this one point level, and you also get this badass the baddest ass gun in the game is this game called like an rcp90 which looks like this little orange cereal box kind of and it it flies it shoots like 80 rounds in like you know five seconds and it shoots through shoot through doors which only like a few guns did like the like the laser did that the rcp90 did and like maybe one other gun so the caverns and the frigate are my favorite and if you if you like to play if you beat it beat it beat it meaning you beat every level in the game on 00 agent, you earned this really cool thing called 007 mode where you could go and replay every level and you could change a bunch of the variabilities with like statistics in the game. Like You could change how much health the enemy had, what his reaction speed was, how damaging his bullets were. Essentially, you could make the game as hard as possible or as easy as possible. And for whatever reason, those two games, those those two levels work really well with that, with, like, cheat codes, like, all guns and infinite ammo. Mm-hmm. Like, if you guys haven't done this, go back and play the Caverns on 007 mode and, like, turn everything up and make it as hard as possible. But give yourself all the cheats, except for invincibility, obviously, and try and beat it. It is so fun.
0: Yeah, I, uh, if I, you know, I don't know if I could even find a way to play this game. It's a one, it's like a very, I think it's, the, it hasn't been remade. Or has been. That's rem- not true. It's been remade, <laughs> but you can't like you can't get this game on like. Can you get this game somewhere else?
1: Well, they remade it on the on the Wii, so you can play the updated remastered version on the Wii, which most people say is good, but not like the original. And I just read today, actually, that they're remaking it for the for like a Switch download.
0: Uh, but like it's so- But it's not the same game. It's an it's updated version.
1: Well, the one on the Wii was it's okay. not the same game, it's yeah. updated. Yeah. I don't know about the one on the Switch.
0: Um yeah, this game is like kind of one of those games that's been it's kind of like stuck in like it's stuck somewhere because of, of rare and who owns it now and who owns the rights to James Bond video games now, which is Yeah, which it's, is
1: that's 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 so interesting how, how the rights have complicated things so much in our later life. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like mean,
1: and I'm not talking about movies excuse me, video games, I'm talking about movies and songs and all kinds of things where like some little bastard somewhere owns the rights to something and he's a total prick about it and he wants some huge royalty fee which makes the project, you know you know, makes the numbers so they don't work. And so then you just don't get it. And it's just like you little bitch, like you're hoarding resources is really what you're doing.
0: It's so who owns it now is who owns James Bond. Now is EA for video game, like making the game <laughs> and they're the ones that are kind of holding it up for, you know, possibly porting it to like Microsoft to like Xbox or switch or whatever. So, but yeah, um, but
1: few FUEA Sports? What took you so long?
0: I, but I do want to say, like, shout out to other favorite, my other favorite. Like the f- the opening level in the game is really good. Like it. Oh yeah. It, it, the it, dam. The dam like sets up it sets up the the game you know perfectly of like what you can expect from like what it's gonna be like and um
1: and you get a sniper rifle
0: and you get a sniper rifle and that, that you
1: only get that sniper rifle like twice the whole one player mode.
0: Mm, I think. That's so true. Um, but yeah, so. I mean favorite so, guns. Yeah, you already yeah, mentioned your talk, favorite guns. Did you say RCP
1: ninety mm-hmm. sniper rifle? Um, you know I got one more. What else? Before I get to it, what else you got?
0: <laughs> um, can I say the golden gun?
1: <laughs> I mean, you can't get the golden gun in the one player mode. Can so can you can you, you, can't can you, really can you not say cheat? It. Oh, you know what? You can. No, of course you can add it as a cheat. And I think right. you can actually get it in one of the bonus levels at the end, like the Baron Samedi level. I think it might be. That might just be the golden gun, though. There, there's, like, a gold PBK, and then there's the golden gun. Mm. And I, I don't remember if it was one or the other. I, I, I didn't play the bonus levels as much, especially not the Baron Samedi one. I never thought it was that fun. but
0: um, I, I definitely like the rocket launchers. They were, like, a ton of fun to, like... Blow oh, the upward. grenade launchers were yeah. better because
1: you could bank them off shit. Oh,
0: you're right. Yeah,
1: the banks was so fun in that game, and everyone was like, "Oh, I'm the master of banks," especially at multiplayer. <laughs> and you people couldn't even see you, and you could bank them off three walls and kill a kill a bitch. You know, it was, like, it was awesome.
0: <laughs> um, I mean, when it comes to thinking about guns, like, I don't really remember like I the sniper rifle, rifle was a fun gun to use like in the single player mode when you when you used it. Um, but yeah, like. Any of the like semi-automatic, like the automatic rifles, were always like just mowing down. This sounds like like I'm like a. This sounds terrible. It just sounds like I'm like talking about sh- shooting people. But it was just it made. It made the game. The gunplay in the game was the gunplay in the game was very, very, very fun. Like yeah,
1: you you would always get that one KF7 Soviet. It was like an sort of like an automatic rifle, and it had like 30 rounds before you had to reload. You got you got that gun a lot. I think that's probably the gun you have to use the most in the game because mm-hmm. you're fighting all those Russians and they all have one.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at the gun right now and like it tells you like the appearances of it like per level and it's like yeah, it's pretty much in every level like the dam facility, runway surface. Yeah, it's like everywhere. Um, yeah. So, did you? So let's talk about the the, the tank mention, mission. Like you, yeah. I
1: think it's called the city. It's like the level after the library, like mm-hmm. you mentioned. Yeah, and you get out and you you have to go find Valentine, and he tells you something, and I, I can't remember. Then you go out into the middle of the street, and you get to jump on this giant tank and run through the city streets. And there's all these like. Uh, russian dudes with like rocket launchers and grenades and there's mines everywhere but you have a flipping tank and you can like shoot blow the bastards up from here and there you also get to drive the tank in level three which is i think it's called the runway Mm -hmm. um and uh and that that one's not as fun because it's a much smaller level and you the tank you don't really need it to get to the end but in the city streets one it's like it's so fun because there's all these different big arsenals coming at you. Dudes with rocket launchers, like I said. And, like, on Double-O Agent, that level's tough. So, using the tank, I don't know, it's just really cool, and it doesn't feel like a cheat. It feels like they they stacked the level appropriately against you and then gave you a tank.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I remember... I I, I don't remember that level as well as you. I I definitely remember playing it, but I... um, It definitely... I think I well, must- you're not even sure
1: if you owned the game. So <laughs> That's you know. so true. We'll forgive you. <laughs> I,
0: I, I think this is a type of game that I probably played through, just like once or twice. Like I never like, I, I'm now that I'm thinking back on it, I, I must have not have owned it because I definitely would have probably beat it more if I had owned it. Um
1: I agree. Everyone that I know that owned it beat it like, you know, 30 times because it's just fun. And when you're when your friends aren't around to play multiplayer, it was still fun to play single player. And how many games can you say that about? Like, seriously?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's very true. Like, Games that
1: are awesome multiplayer and awesome one player. And it's like you could do either one to pass the time and have a lot of fun and replay the same missions again again and again and again and still have fun. It's just awesome.
0: Yeah, Call of Duty doesn't even like make single player games anymore. They just make the multiplayer mode now. Um, oh, really? Well, I think they have like multi- they have like single player camp like things you can do, but they're not. It's not nearly as you know. It, I mean, the game is made for multiplayer. Like so, yeah. I've, I I kind of feel like the game. I don't know. I I wanted. I wish I knew more of the history about Goldeneye because of like the video game and like like what drove it like was it the single player or was it the multiplayer because i feel like the multiplayer might have just been a happy accident and like and not have been such a big part of why they developed the game
1: i think you're right actually um for whatever reason i think it just uh it had all the right ingredients and it ended up being this you know neighborhood 90s cult phenomenon where like everybody you knew played it and then said oh my god this is the funnest game ever with your friends you've got to try it and uh, we'll get to the multiplayer mode in a minute and all the variations, but I think it was largely billed as to get money off of the movie and have, you know, a solid one player game, which it had, but the multiplayer just blows it out of the water.
0: Yeah. It... So uh,
1: so you said you beat the game,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but did you beat it on Double O Agent? Did you earn those bonus levels?
0: I guarantee you I didn't. <laughs> I never. So you
1: don't even know what bonus levels I'm talking about, like the Aztec level and then The I can't remember. There's like one where Jaws is in it, yeah. And there's like Moonrakers everywhere. And then the second one is you're in like a temple with Baron Samedi.
0: Um, I definitely remember those levels of watching like my friend Steve play them because he definitely had them unlocked. Um, And so I definitely remember playing those levels or seeing them at least. But I never. But you didn't earn them. I yeah. I did. I'm not a completionist. (laughs) Like I've never been a completionist in any video game I've ever played um and so if i had owned this game i don't even think i would have tried to do that there's a level of difficulty for some games where like i'm just like i'm not interested in finishing it if it's too hard for me to do
1: i agree i'm i feel similarly i I wouldn't say i'm a big completionist either but there are some games that are so fun i just can't put down and i want to see around what's every corner
0: that's fair um but yeah i definitely like one of the questions on here is like what's the hardest and most annoying level um (laughs) <laughs> i think there was parts of this game that i found very annoying like particularly the train level where you have to like use that laser to yeah. make the floor yeah. you have to use a laser to make like the cut out the floor You have to,
1: like open up yeah like a floor escape hatch and you, you have, have to use the little laser on your on your watch and it's it's just hard to line up and anyway and,
0: and it's timed right and like yeah. so, and if you don't do it quick enough then the train blows up and you die and then you have to redo it again um from the checkpoint and it yeah that was just i found that there were some there's parts of the game where like they make you do these really annoying little tasks like that like time tasks and and the one of the most going back and playing this game is that it was at the 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 controls are, you have to get really good at, at the controls. And maybe that's why I just didn't like the game that much because it's not, the game's not very intuitive in the first person mode with that one, with the one joystick. Like there, this is like this game Only you had to control your player with just a joystick, correct? There was, there wasn't, yeah. like it didn't have, yeah. like, it's not like playing like with an Xbox controller and having two thumbsticks and being able to like, strafe and then look around like it was well you could strafe with the c buttons that's right yeah um but you um, but it was still it was still kind of like it it took a little bit of, it took a lot of skill to be pretty good at this game if i um, I, I
1: i suppose i don't know it, it always came so naturally to me this, this is one of those games that i was always like the best in my group of friends like i would always win like every time um so i I, I just don't know what it's – well, I, I guess I kind of know what it's like to suck at a game you really love compared to your friends because we used to play Halo together. And even at my best, I was just middle of the road. Yeah. But these Nintendo 64 games, like, I you know, I, something clicked with me. It was, like, made for me. I, I saw the world perfectly. I don't know. I was just good at them. So um, it's a little hard for me to relate. Let me tell you, the level I thought was the most annoying was this level called The Control which was, it was on the very last tier of levels. It was, like, right before the caverns. And, uh, you know, I won't get into the level too much, except that at the end, Natalia's with you, and you have to do, like, an escort mission. And it it was probably my first introduction ever to an escort mission, where she's down at, like, this main terminal in this big, wide-open area, and there's all these fucking Russian dudes that keep popping out of, like, previously... Like, areas where you couldn't eliminate them beforehand. Like, these little, there was these little glass walls on all sides of you, and they kept breaking the glass and start shooting at her. And if she died, you lost. And so your job was to kind of stand near her and try and kill them all before they killed her. And, oh, my God. I mean, on Agent, it's no big deal. But when you play that level, even on Secret Agent, that that part is so hard and frustrating. And I remember, like, learning to hate escort missions then, and I've never lost that hate.
0: That... That does bring back memories, because <laughs> that is one of the last levels that you have to the beat to get to the end. And uh, yeah, I remember this. Oh, and I couldn't imagine playing that on double oh seven. Like that would be. It was probably. Oh, it's so hard! Uh, it's so hard. Because uh, like I would probably play it on whatever the either basic or like above like easy like easy to. I probably played on normal, and even on normal it was hard for me. Like she'd always die.
1: I think that that was probably the last level i beat on double o agent before i earned like the next bonus level or whatever i it was just so difficult to keep her alive and it just it drove me it was maddening because i was really good at the game and i could kill these guys but there were so many of them shooting italian she's such you know a weak ass you know (laughs) i just felt like it was so stacked against me i was so frustrated um the only other level i would have any criticism towards is there was a level called the jungle where it's cool because you get to fight Xenia at one point, but my criticism is that it was really hard to see in that level. There was all these like palm trees and the dudes you're fighting, I think were in green uniforms, and you could just never see them, and th- this is before graphics got good. So fighting enemies that you can't see is just, it's just frustrating. It's, it's not fun, it's not clever, it's just frustrating.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I'm reading about I'm reading about it right now. Um, no, this is this is good radio. Keep reading. <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I, I I don't remember that level. I maybe I just yeah, I, I have such bad I just had just don't have like I must have only beat this game once. Like my memories for this game and that's what we can talk about now are multiplayer mode. Um, well,
1: before we do that, okay. we'd like to remind everyone that uh, the Super Nineties Bros is a hazy memory show. Meaning we don't go back and do perfect research. We'll let the nerds handle that, and they can email us all of our imperfections and mistakes along the way. We largely do the show based on our memory of the '90s, which keeps it sweet and fresh and childlike in our minds.
0: Right, and like if you want to go listen to a podcast where they are talking about the history of, you know, Goldeneye, I'm sure there's someone out there who's done a podcast about it. So go.
1: Yeah, but those guys are flipping like dorks. Like you want to go and like, I read in this article that so and so said this, and it, you know. That's why the guy's hat is purple. That, it's like those guys those podcasts suck. Let's be real.
0: Do they talk like Mickey Mouse?
1: Some of them, yeah, that's that is actually one of my main criticism when I'm trying to find a new podcast is I feel like everyone sounds like such a dork. I'm like, who are these guys? Where do they learn to talk? Like they just sound like such nerds all the time.
0: I don't think it's you know good to like badmouth other podcasts. I mean, that, well, I didn't name <laughs> anyone, but they know who they are. I listen to a podcast and that does the history of like games or movies or directors or what have you, and it, it's very interesting to like listen to and like learn about. And uh, so yeah, yeah, if
1: you can if you can tolerate their nerdy voices, it's great.
0: That's true. Um, so let's let's move on. Multiplayer mode, which would is what everyone really remembers about this game honestly to me like oh yeah like far and away like the best part of this game um probably
1: spent more time playing this game multiplayer than probably any other game ever in my life halo halo would probably be second if you count all of the halo iterations maybe it's close i'm not sure but this one's definitely way more special to me because i was younger and i was like the best at it
0: so okay um, so yeah, let's start, like, um, I mean, so the, the multiplayer mode had, like, multiple game types, licenses. Those were and- the best things about it,
1: was that okay. the multiplayer mode had so many options. Yeah. Like, you remember, you remember, like, playing Mario Kart on Super Nintendo, and you play the battle mode, and it was cool because it had four different levels, and you're like, whoa, there's four different levels. <laughs> right. Well, like, in this game, there's, like, I don't know, eight to ten different levels, but there's also, like, you know, fifty. Twelve or fifteen different modes that you could play, which was really cool. Like um, you could, there was a like a health mode. Like you could all have, you could change the handicap, and like kids that sucked, you could give them extra health, or you could play license to kill, which we played a lot at my house, which was one shot kills you. So mm. it was very tense. It was very tense, and when you get in a room together, it would, you know, one of you is going to walk away the winner, and like that's that. And body armor is kind of a waste of time. Um, there was. A bunch of different, like, and probably what people enjoyed the most was the weaponry. You could play with, like, pistols or big guns. I think they were called power weapons. Um, rifles, you know, slappers only, if you choose. Which was fun if you were playing License to Kill. Um, <laughs> right, yeah. Then,
0: slappers then, was, I, that was a lot of, that was definitely, I remember playing that a lot.
1: It was fun if you were licensed to Kill. I mean, if you weren't licensed to Kill, it, was, it took you forever to kill somebody. So it's yeah. kind of stupid, but... Um, and then they, they had this really horrible, like, flag game. And I, I think it was called Flaggers Only or something like that, where your goal was to get the flag and to hold it for the most amount of time. I think I'm remembering that right. I mean, we almost never played it. But if you held the flag, you couldn't shoot. So yeah. You were just like a, a, a sitting duck trying to, like, run around and hide. So you play with, like, no radar and you get the flag. And you could, like, go hide in, like, the you know the bathroom HV- the hvac <laughs> yeah or one of the bathroom stalls yeah and it's just like kind of stupid i don't
0: know so. I, I i think one of the reasons why that was the stupidest game mode was also because let's all talk let's all talk about how m- when you were playing multiplayer mode on an n64 it was all on one tv and so you could look at other people's screens and so it didn't really yes and so like it didn't. And matter. it wasn't.
1: It wasn't forbidden. Like you couldn't re- even really help but do it because most of us didn't have like seventy-five inches in these days, and we damn sure <laughs> didn't have like dividers. You know, most of us were playing like you know a thirty-inch TV in our room or something with like two or three friends. You couldn't help but see where they were. So,
0: yeah. yeah unless
1: was... you, th- there was a few levels where everything looked similar, so you turned radars off, and you like what I would do is I would like stare at a wall so they couldn't tell where I was. <laughs> <laughs> So th- I mean, there was like little tricks, but they weren't fun because I just end up hiding the whole time.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think my my memory of this is this like sitting way too close to a TV screen with your controllers tethered to the N sixty four, and like, and it always sucked if you were one of the top screens because you had to look over the top of the bottom screen, like. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! It just seems so archaic now when you look back on it. Like right now, like I go and play multi like I play multiplayer on like a first person shooter now, and I'm playing on like a 70 inch screen, and like I can, it's amazing. And like the the thing that like back in the day, like I was playing on like a 32 inch screen that was cut down into like quarters, a quarter of that like is seems so funny like but at at the same time it was like a really fun way of playing like it was yeah and and
1: you know what's always lost about like modern first person multiplayer online gaming like the new halos and you know there's a hundred of them now is you're not sitting there with your friends you know they might be on a speaker or on a headset if you're lucky you're playing at the exact same time but Like, you used to make time to, like, go to people's houses, and you'd bring Mountain Dew, like you said, and you guys would order pizza, and you'd sit out, and you'd hang out all night, and in between games, you would talk, and you'd be laughing, and it was, like, it was great camaraderie, and I don't feel like – I feel like I'm the only one that thinks about that. Like, I'm the only one that misses, like, just being in the same room as my friends. Like, the way way multiplayer games are played now, it's just – I don't know. No one cares.
0: Yeah. It's all about,
1: it's all about winning the round and and don't get me wrong. We all tried to win the round, but what I look back at is not that we won rounds, but that we all like bonded.
0: That's fair. Yeah. I mean, that's very, it's very true. Like couch co-op games just don't exist on the same level as they used to. And I mean, I'll I'll give enormous props to, to Nintendo for trying to make that somewhat come back with the Nintendo switch. Um, But, uh, but yeah, like, I mean, you definitely don't get, you definitely don't get that experience anymore. Like I, like, I think for like in the early, like 2010s, like I used to play a lot of like call of duty with my, my friends online. And it was like, there was probably a good, like six or eight, six to eight of us always playing online on a given day. And then that quickly dwindled to like four people. And then eventually it was just like me and my good friend, Mike were left and like, And now I think I don't even play video games that much anymore. And I think you know Mike is just playing games by himself. And so yeah, it's it is kind of it's sad, but it's sad. It's what happens when you grow up.
1: (laughs) I I know. I guess I just wonder. I just wonder how many kids who are 13 years old now playing whatever the number one first-person shooter game is out now. I wonder how many of them are getting together and playing at the house with each other. I know that my nephew doesn't; like, no, he plays online with his friends, and they like
0: they're all playing you know, they're th- all playing Fortnite on their on their PC or on their Xbox or Switch or phone, whatever. Like, you don't gotta to play games with people now; like, you don't have to meet up anymore. But you know, like, there is still a bit of. I mean, there is definitely ways of hooking up with your friends online still, but it, you know, it's not the same for sure. But like. You know? Okay,
1: so so for me, my favorite way to play was definitely um, license to kill. I just loved how tense it made it feel. Like you, you could die any second around any corner, and you could play it with any mode. You could play pistols, rifles, power weapons, it didn't matter what kind of gun it had, it was all like equal playing field. And it also made body armor completely like immaterial, which I thought is important because there's you know, there's always people in your play group who know exactly where the body armor is and they you know they just run and get it as many times. It's stupid. You know what I mean? I wish you could have been able to turn body armor off in hindsight, but you couldn't. So I thought this was a good workaround around that. What was your favorite way to play?
0: Yeah, I think one hit kill was definitely my favorite way to play because it did it gave a it it, it, it got rid of the element of like hitting like having to like you know having to kill someone like with multiple shots like because like it may and it it is kind of like and i wasn't very like i said i'm not wasn't very good at the game so like the the way to equalize the playing field for me was just to make it one hit kills um and because in license to kill could you make the stock a certain amount like you could make it like 99 kills right um or was there no
1: I, i think it went to like 20 okay
0: honestly um but yeah, like, if you could get four people together and do, like, a free-for-all and license to kill, like, and do a 20, like, it was a pretty intense match. Um, yeah. That's definitely
1: what we played the most.
0: Did you play this um, game a lot with, like, with three other people?
1: Like I said, I think I've played it more than any other multiplayer game ever in my life. Like, this was, like, in middle sc- late middle school and high school, like, we played it all the time. And, like, I was... You know me. I've always been pretty good at like rounding people up for things that I want to do, like sports or football or video games or movies or a move, you know, make a movie, whatever. So I was always rounding up my friends and having them come over, and like we'd play this game. And you know, there are other games we'd play too, but in, at the end of the night, we always had played Golden Eye as well because like everybody loved it. Um, and then um, also, um, best and worst levels in the game. I, I want to get to in the multiplayer just that. The complex was really cool because there was, like, the upstairs and the downstairs. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. The complex was the one with the uh, – uh, why the am vent. I blanking the, v-
0: the vents? Sorry.
1: Yes, the vents that you could walk through. And yeah. it had this one awesome little room, which I'll get to in a second. Um, and then the the library was the one that was upstairs and downstairs where you could play, like, the basement and the stack. Mm-hmm. Um, the facility was the one with the bathrooms, which was cool, yeah. too. And the bunker was the level you like, and that that one's cool too, yeah, the levels that weren't as good in my opinion were like the caves again, because it was really dark and it was hard to figure out where you were going, mm-hmm. um at least for it was just hard to tell where where anything was and anyway
0: yeah um, i'm i'm thinking i'm like I'm trying to I'm looking at the levels right now, and I'm thinking about like I, I remember playing egyptian a lot um I don't know if that was. Yeah, that one.
1: That one's not bad.
0: I think I, I liked it because it was like spacious. Like it felt like bigger. Um,
1: the temple too. You might be thinking of the temple. Oh, the Temple and the, the Egyptian temple. are very similar. Yeah. And they've. Uh, what's cool about Egyptian is it has all these cool tr- like secret doors everywhere. Mm-hmm. And like shortcuts here and there, which is you know it's just really fun, and you could sneak up on people and get around people. And, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so and then the um, next thing is. Who were your favorite characters to play in multiplayer mode?
0: <laughs> Should we just have the debate now? <laughs> yeah, let's just have it now. Like, I was Odd Job.
1: I played Odd Job a lot. He was super fun. I loved that people would shoot over my head and get mad about it. It was. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, it was a competitive advantage, but what I loved was how frustrated everyone would get. I just thought it was so funny.
0: Um, I'm trying to like. Besides Odd Job, like who else was like who Who are the other characters that people well, use a lot? A lot
1: of... A lot of times we'd play that nobody can be odd job.
0: Okay, so, like that was like no, like I probably played as like I probably played a lot as James Bond. Like that was. Um,
1: yeah, I would if I couldn't be odd job, I'd usually be Xenia because she was super thin. Yeah, and uh, in my mind that made her harder to shoot. And then also the very last person that has like a sh- so you could play a bunch of characters that had their pictures. Then you could keep scrolling to the right, and there's a bunch of like shadow characters you didn't know what they looked like. And the very last person was called like Moonraker Elite Two, and it was like another shorty. It was like a girl with like mouse brown (laughs) hair, but she was like she was only like a little bit taller than Hot Job, so. when people would say you can't be odd job I would often be her and they'd be like she's short too i like oh well too <laughs> bad <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um was I was jaws taller than everyone else like was he Yeah, like... he
1: was the he was huge. Okay. Jaws was huge. So he was no good in like <laughs> License to Kill especially.
0: Did they have like perks that like by being like one that you Were better or faster. Uh, Honestly,
1: I think size is really the only thing. I'm pretty sure that the stats were the same.
0: Yeah. I I think so too. Um, yeah, I I mean, I definitely was probably James Bond or odd job or yeah. Like I I remember Xenia, like, yeah. Like thinking like being smaller, like made you easier to move around, but that probably was not true. Um, yeah, I have no idea. It was probably just my (laughs) head. Um, so, uh, so yeah, like that was yeah. Well, but the, I don't. I honestly like. But you couldn't have multiple odd jobs, right? Like you couldn't all be smart. No, no.
1: One person could be one character. That was okay. It. Yeah,
0: that, that that was the the difference. In that the, was part of
1: the problem because if everyone could be odd job, it'd probably be fine.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, it would have been like everyone being James Bond. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, so,
1: real quick, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell one story about like using mines but i I wanted to know if you had one really good multiplayer story to share
0: i have no good multiplayer you don't remember these all right i I I don't remember like killing someone or like and i don't think they're particularly like i don't think even if i did i don't know if they're like mia tell your story like
1: all right well the first then i'm gonna tell them both the first one is i was playing in the library and we were playing with grenades and like you remember there was what, one problem with this game is there was only, like, five or six spawn points in every level. And as you said earlier, you could look at people's screens and tell where they were. So there was some spawn points that were better than others. Like, everyone, like there's an infamous spawn point in the facility where you start above the bathroom in the HAC vent... And there's no weapons up there. So if anybody's nearby and they see you spawned in there, they can just go wait for you to fall out of vent and kill you before you even <laughs> have a chance to get a weapon.
0: That's annoying. So that sucks. I remember that. But in,
1: there's, this one, there's this one room in the library that's the same way. There's no weapons in it. And you spawn there. It, I think it's the room where you, when you very first start, if you're playing the one-player mode, it's the room where you very first start off and you're in that interrogation room with these two guys. I think that's the room. Anyway. So I start in this room, and there's no weapons at all, and we're playing with grenades. And one of my buddies sees that I'm in there, and he has grenades, but he doesn't have anything else. He doesn't have any pistols or whatever. So he runs in the room, and he starts throwing, like, mad grenades at me, chasing me around this room. He must have thrown, like, three, four, or five. (laughs) And he's chasing me around, and I don't have anything. And you know how, like, you're like, oh, my God, I don't have a weapon. Don't kill me. Well, I ran out of the room and I locked him inside. He kept trying to open the door. I stood on the other side of the room and I kept closing the door so he couldn't get out. And then, like, his four or five grenades like, went off and he killed himself. And that was, that was a big moment for me because I killed the fucker <laughs> with his own grenade without by <laughs> closing the door on him. That's funny. <laughs> and then, like, I don't have a specific story about this, but we mentioned there's this one little room in the complex. And there's only one way into this room. It's up this little ramp near some body armor. And uh, once you get up into this little room, if you're playing with proximity mines, which was our favorite mine to play, especially on this level, proximity mines would blow up whenever somebody got near them. So we would play like license to kill proximity mines. And if you controlled this little room, you controlled the world because you could see out to like three different areas within the level and like taught and you they've got like little like uh windows and you're up high and you could toss these proximity mines all over where like at all the entry points put three big main portions of the level so people like people like had to go through them they would either spawn there or they had to go through them to come get you and you literally have windows you're throwing mines out of and you can stay protected and then the mines just keep regenerating because you literally have a box of mines in there with you so you like never run out and no one can get close to you it was just it was just amazing and it was if you didn't have that little place and someone else did and you kept dying it was like the most frustrating thing in the world.
0: Yes, that was that was the most frustrating thing about playing that game. Was the spawn <laughs> yeah. points. Uh, I was just reading earlier about how each level only had 16 spawn points and you could realistically like just you could camp. plant mines in all of them. Yeah, in all of them. And, and then, I would yeah. and I
1: like the ones that I could get to anyway. So people would literally spawn and blow up it's like, and the little blood would fall down. They're like, God damn it, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> like again and again and again. Um,
0: uh, favorite like, um, cheats, did you? Uh, like the,
1: the best in-game cheats. Well, the best cheat for multiplayer was the no radar mode, right. which... I mean, you're already able to see each other's screens. Don't give me a radar, too. Yeah. Real quick on the multiplayer mode, there was also, like, an auto-aim feature that we mm. would always disable. Like, we, yeah. I always thought that was so stupid, how it would, like, auto-aim you on people, especially if you're playing licensed to Kill. So we would take auto-aim off, and we would use no radar, which was, you know, a, way more fun. Um, and then... Other fun cheats were, like, Donkey Kong mode, where, like, everyone would have a giant head, Mm -hmm. which was fun because you could get headshots if you weren't playing License to Kill, like, way easier. And then slow animation in the one-player mode was also super fun because you would kill dudes and they would, like, die in slow motion and all these fun, 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 funny ways, so... Did was cheats? Was,
0: was, was a game in slow animation I don't remember the No not mode. The, game, the game but like ball, the enemies were The enemies were um
1: so the the NPCs
0: Right yeah yeah um yeah I don't particularly remember like any like I remember the DK mode particularly I remember um paintball mode um
1: Yeah we used that one a lot that was fun it it was, you know I think
0: it was just fun just because it was different um Yeah there was like the like infinite ammo mode that you could put on um and, yeah, but ammo
1: was never really yeah. a problem in Bond.
0: Um, one of my favorite if modes you- to play was like like we talked about slappers. I also really like doing like playing like like throwing knife mode. Um
1: Oh yeah, throwing knives was fun.
0: Um and, and then obviously like playing doing uh rocket launchers. Like Rocket Launchers. That was my favorite game that was my favorite multiplayer mode in like Halo, and it it was definitely one of my favorites in uh in Goldeneye. Um, Speaking
1: of Halo, um, I wanted to ask you what you thought kind of GoldenEye's legacy is for you know probably paving the way for the most you know commercially successful and multi generational, multi continental first person shooter, which is Halo and the brand Halo that you know really kind of changed the game for uh, vid- multiplayer video gaming and you know has created this entire culture of online first-person shooter gamers.
0: Yeah, I mean, I will, GoldenEye definitely, well, I don't have like a great, you know, I don't, it wasn't like my favorite game to play, but it definitely is one of the biggest reasons why first-person shooters even exist on consoles, because it sold, I mean, it was the third highest selling game on the Nintendo 64. And, and that it's right behind Mario 64 and Mario Kart. Like it, this, I mean, Goldeneye beat out Ocarina of Time, a Zelda game on like a, Nintendo's own like property on its own system. And so like, I think, and, it, and I read a thing saying like it made over like $300 million. And like that was humongous for a, a licensed video game. Um, and I think, you know when this game was made, like they they realized, like okay, there's the, these first person shooters aren't just for PC because P, because first person shooters were were strictly for PC gaming, like Unreal Tournament, Quake, Doom. Um, those games were all only on. Well, that I mean, Doom was on had been ported, like the Super Nintendo, but we don't need to talk about that. But uh, but yeah, like I think it made it. Made first-person shooters viable on on a console, and it def- I, I'd
1: say that the granddaddies of first-person shooters, which are guys like me and you, I guess, you know, we all started on GoldenEye. Like that's
0: absolutely that's where we, mm-hmm. that's
1: where we got a, our taste for blood, if you will.
0: I, I played Doom before I played GoldenEye, so yeah, um, yeah
1: but it didn't it didn't make you want to go play more first-person shooters like this one did it.
0: Um, I I like I was a PC gamer like early like pretty early before um be, like I played um Rainbow 6 like the original Rainbow 6 on the PC and that was a first person shooter and it was um and so I played a lot of the, I played that um I played Doom like I said Doom 2 um I never played Quake or those other games but I mean I quickly left I mean compu- PC's quickly became impossible to keep up with and so i just i had my you know i had my like gateway computer that my parents had bought in like 1997 and and once it became i couldn't update it anymore like i just stopped playing pc games and and then that's that's around the time when xbox came out and i started getting into halo and then once halo happened like that was that was it that was it yeah but yes, but uh, yes, for console for console purposes, I double seven is you know is basically the the, it's the greatest fo- first
1: person shooter ever.
0: Greatest ever
1: for console games at the time.
0: At the time, yeah. I mean, there's nothing else out there. What what were the other first person shooter games?
1: That's what I'm saying. It's the
0: best ever. <laughs> uh, well, I think I think there are some games that come after that definitely improved upon and. You know, and technology obviously did that. Well, it's been, yeah, it's been
1: 22 years since Goldeneye came out. And it's still fun. I played it the other day.
0: Awesome. You enjoyed it? It holds up?
1: Well, to be honest, I've got this shitty little TV in my game room. And I can't adjust the um, brightness. And it was, like, too dark. The whole game was too dark. And I was getting frustrated. So... Think I might move it into my big seventy-inch TV, like a like a modern person would, and try it there with the brightness and all that. And I,
0: can you do I that? Mean, can I, you I, can you can you hook up 64s to a modern TV and like have it actually work well? Or there's a, there has have, to be a lag. There has to be a lag, right?
1: Um, there's not. Well. Sort of. you. It depends on what kind of TV you have. I mean, different TVs have different inputs in the back. And there's, like, adapters. There's, like, uh, RCA to HDMI adapters you can buy, and then mm. there's a lag. But uh, there are ways to do it.
0: There are people that will, like, just hoard, like, old tube TVs just so they can have them for when they're current. TV breaks down for like their retro gaming on their like consoles and stuff like that. Can Could, you blame them? No, I can. I can't. <laughs> because like these things are going to disappear and they're eventually going to become you know impossible. Sure. They're going to be in they're going to be hard to buy. Like
1: Well, you just have to get a some kind of a, an adapter that still I mean there's a if there's a demand for it, there'll there'll be an adapter that you can buy.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Um, let's, let's move on to the movie though.
0: Let's be quick about the movie because I mean, this show was, was more about the, about about the video game and like, and the video Brennan, Brennan, give
1: us a synopsis of the movie.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. So GoldenEye, uh, was a movie that came out in 1995 and, uh, it is the 17th, 17th James Bond film. (laughs) Um, but it's the first out of one,
1: out of 26 films total to date.
0: No, 25.
1: Oh, sorry. Are you sure?
0: I'm I'm pretty sure the new one that's coming out in 2020 is the 25th Bond cuz they always right. call it Bond 25. Um anyways, it's it, it was the first James Bond movie to come out in a while. Like it, it this comes after I think believe I believe Living daylight so I could be wrong it's about like
1: that. a Timothy Dalton piece of shit in the 80s
0: and so and there is like a good I think 8 years before another James Bond came out and so it was Goldeneye and Goldeneye is about you know the return of well not the return it's just a, it's a James Bond film it, it it sets up as a kind of a I don't I don't even really know what this movie's about. I just watched it the other day and I still don't really know. Like it's it's a James Bond film. There's a bad guy, he's trying to take <laughs> over the world and or trying to destroy the world or using trying to, like Russian satellite. Like using Russian satellite lasers and they're gonna like shoot something. I don't know. And uh and it's just a Bond film. It's really dumb. It's such a bad, it's like, and it, it's gotten such good reviews and uh, it has like a 76 on Rotten Tomatoes and I think that's just because it was, it, I don't know why. I watched the beginning of it. It has good action scenes. Like the, the first action scenes are really good. Like when he like takes a motorcycle and like jumps off a cliff and then like, Gets into the plane. Like, they're totally unbelievable things. Like, you think that's cool when he jumps off the cliff and lands perfectly in the plane <laughs> as
1: it's falling off the cliff and he steers into safety?
0: It's so cool. Um, I think it's so stupid. Or, it's like or, so impossible. Or when he, um, when, what does he do in the very beginning of the film? Like, it's like kind of like sets up the film. It's like he's jumping off this humongous dam and he he's holding on to a bungee, like a bungee, and he just jumps, does a swan dive off this, like, thing and then yeah, he does like I'm
1: sorry that's that's the scene I thought you were talking about where he like swan dives off the dam into a plane that's falling that's nose diving off a cliff and has has nose dove several seconds before he dives and somehow he like flies directly into the driver's um, side cockpit uh, no two different scenes the steering wheel and go, turns it on and away he goes
0: two different scenes <laughs> um, the first scene is the one of the first scenes of the movie is him on the dam and he's like killing like the russians on the dam he's infiltrating the base and he jumps he does a swan dive, or kind of like a jumps off the edge of this dam into this and falls kind of and lowers himself down into like this door that gets him into the dam later on when like the facility is blowing up he grabs a motorcycle and these people are taking off on a plane and he they take off he takes a motorcycle jumps off the cliff and then basically flies and catches onto the on the like wing of the plane.
1: Doesn't he I thought he like falls right into the cockpit. I don't know.
0: I I don't anyway, remember last it was night. really dumb. It, it was dumb. Really
1: dumb. And, there's uh, I mean
0: the action scenes are fine. Like they it's it's your typical James Bond film. Like it's there's a there's, there's a, a she, there's a
1: hot female villain named Xenia on a top, which yep. is a sexual name, played by Famke Jansen, one of her first popular roles I would say. Yeah.
0: Um and then Isabella Skorupko as Natalia Simonova. Um,
1: she's fine. I don't I don't have a strong opinion. <laughs> Sean <laughs> Bean is Sean Bean is a good bad guy.
0: Yeah, I like Travillion. Uh Trevelin, or is it Travillion? Trevelyan Trevely, I don't Tre, know. who cares. Um and then the and the the biggest, you know, change is that M is now played by Dame uh, Judy Dinch and um and, and still is. Oh, nope, not anymore. Um Oh, is she get replaced finally? She got replaced in I believe in at the end of Skyfall by Ralph Fiennes. He he's now M. Um And they didn't even
1: give him a new letter?
0: I no, cuz like I think the head of the the reason why they're why that they're called and you know what, M, you know what? I don't even care. You
1: know, I can reason- tell you. I hate james bond movies yeah i don't like, really I, I don't really care I think about them they're so dumb <laughs> i like they're dumb and they're so long why is it that every one of them is over two and a half hours long like it, it's such a simple spy plot every time like you said somebody's trying to like destroy the world he has to go save the girl and like save the world it's it's such a basic plot but every fucking james bond movie decides that to do that, he's got to go to Israel and then he's got to go to Argentina and then he's got to go to Alaska to find, you know, a, so-and-so, the witness that knows something about the diamond mine in Africa. It's like it's it's all such a such a mind fuck that that doesn't it's not linear. It doesn't seem to, it seems to have a lot of extraneous shit like every Bond movie since the beginning of time, like everyone I've ever seen James, you know, Sean Connery, Roger Moore, all of them. They, they're all long, boring and just dorky and his like his suaveness just comes across as kind of douchey sometimes
0: yeah they're just not they're just yeah they're not very they're just all the James Bond I don't I'm not a big James Bond fan either I don't really I've never really watched like the old ones I never like really would gone back and like did that definitely saw like all the Pierce Brosnan ones in the 90s and early 2000s um, Let's
1: talk about those real quick. Like the evil paperboy in Tomorrow Never Dies. <laughs> that was super scary. I control the newspaper. I control what people think. So I control the world. That was so dumb. That's such a bad villain, an evil paperboy. And then the that, that even worse one was the, the die another day where there's like this Korean dude and something happens to him. And now he's got like this remade British diamond face. Like, like he came back as like a British dude with bad teeth. Um, what
0: was that? I don't know. Yeah, they're they don't. None of them really make sense. The, you know, the the only villain that really makes any sense is is uh, Sean Bean's character, and uh, because he
1: thinks the, he thinks James Bond is stupid and thinks the movies are dumb, so he's going to be the villain.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, they're I don't know, they're just. They're they are what they are like. They're
1: bad. And but, some of them are like some of the old ones are like so campy. You can't even like watch them
0: anymore. But like they really they I mean, have you seen Casino Royale?
1: Yeah, I saw it. I mean, it's good, but I I tried to rewatch it just recently when I was when I was down with the broken femur. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get through it. It was so long. I I completely lost interest. Yeah,
0: you're right. It's 2 hours and uh the- 25 minutes. All of minutes.
1: them are. They're all like, I bet you the average Bond length is like north of 230. That's ridiculous. Okay? M- like most movies should, there should be a limit. You can be two hours max and that's it. That's it.
0: That's a long time. Yeah. I, uh, I don't, I haven't seen any of the, the last James Bond movie I saw was probably Skyfall. Um, and that has like a cool scene in it where like, it's like a home alone. Like they have a home alone house and like, he like, booby traps his house um, anyways and uh but yeah the mo- they're just whatever they're candy they're just action candy it's like i like f- it's not like but like it's like fast you, and furious who, who's like, their I,
1: target market like exactly. i don't who, these people that identify with like one, one time my buddy stacy said something really really i thought was interesting to me i was telling him how i like to listen to like nfl films music or like the soundtrack from requiem for a dream and i like to like close my eyes and imagine all these like awesome football plays happening, like plays that I've seen from like the Seahawks season. And he told me that he does that when he pretends he's a secret agent. And I was like, <laughs> what? I was like, people do that. But like, is that like something people strive to like, is that something people dream about being like a secret? Like I remember we did our Doug podcast, check out our Doug podcast. We talk about like one of, one of the episodes where he has like an alter ego as a secret agent. And I, I guess now thinking back, It is a little more prevalent than I would have guessed. But, like, what is it about this theoretical occupation of being a secret agent, which, like, probably, like, really doesn't exist for the most part, (laughs) save, like, you know, 500 people in the whole fucking world? Like, why do people – how do you connect with that? I don't get it at all. I don't don't get what's cool about wanting to be James Bond and all the stupid little gadgets that he comes up. Oh, good thing I – good thing that dorky gadget guy gave me this perfect instrument, which is coming into play right at the exact – Moment when I need it, like it's it's just so contrived.
0: Yeah, I, I maybe it's the, I don't know why people pretend to be. Secre- I mean, I don't know. It's the same reason maybe people play video games that are, I don't know. I don't know why people like these movies. To be honest with you, like I mean, I, if you I, like
1: James Bond movies, you know, email the show at <laughs> Super Nineties Brothers
0: and tell us why you like them because tell we tell us do. why because
1: we don't effing get. It.
0: <laughs> but I think, I mean, I think people are telling. Like Hollywood, they don't like James Bond movies because they keep on making less and less money. <laughs> so, I, I, I don't know. Um,
1: well, good luck trying to have his like you know little sexcapades in some of the modern PC era.
0: Well, did like, you, you did you hear that room? I don't even want to get into the Do in. I have you. your concern. Do you <laughs> uh,
1: mind signing on the dotted line? They, you are uh, very smart and intelligent. I only want to have sex with you because of my own insecurities.
0: There's a rumor that they have been talking about replacing, you know, James Bond with a uh, with a girl with a well with a with specifically an African like an African not African American but um a, Brit, a, a a black British woman a um, woman
1: a woman of color
0: yes, um,
1: well. I, you know, I've made this joke so many times on this podcast about remakes and filling it with girls and how much I, I just think it's just pandering and, and like the Ghostbusters with the chicks. Like, oh my God, that was such a pile of shit. And I, oh man, I just, I hate the direction PC culture is taking movie making these. Days. I just hate it. I read this article yesterday that Todd Phillips like doesn't want to do
0: comedies anymore. And that's I was he's I, doing Joker. I read that too, but that's that's such bullshit. There's so much... It's
1: not. It's not bullshit. But there's, How many there's co- do there's, that don't want
0: to do it anymore? There's there's still people making movies that are, like... There's still stuff that exists on, like, that's... Like, that's comedy that's very, like... No, there's not. I mean, all... No, all, there's not. Always, you know always Sunny is still around. Um, always
1: Sunny sucks. It <laughs> sucks. It sucked since season four. Like, you know what you need to do? You need to, like, look up famous comedies in the 90s and you'll read, like, like 35 of them spanning like five years like oh wow these are all hilarious then do like famous comedies in the 2010s and there's like three that you like in the whole fucking decade because they're all piles of shit
0: um well i don't i I, woke comedy exists and it's for a reason did you say woke comedy that's what he calls it no No, i mean the woke sorry woke culture
1: yeah, woke culture exists, and they've ruined comedy, and I'm pissed off about it.
0: Well, it's just uh, – but it, comedy still exists. Not in
1: the same way. Not publicly. It exists, you know, with two people that don't have a fucking microphone or a Twitter account near them so that people can't crucify you to death.
0: <laughs> um, I
1: This just depresses me, you know, because I've always loved comedy. I wanted to be a comedy writer. I wanted to be a comedy filmmaker. I feel like I graduated I graduated college right when the depression hit and I became a filmmaker right when comedy died. It's just fucking depressing. It pisses me off.
0: I mean, I don't I guess I I don't know what to say. I'm sorry, Adam.
1: You should be sorry.
0: Why am you, I so I don't like
1: the You probably like comments from woke culture.
0: I mean, that's fine if I'm different than you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> um. All right. Well, that's that. We should wrap it up. Uh, this
1: is, you know, obviously we we need you guys to keep posting those amazing five star reviews for Super Nineties Bros, and uh, we're gonna be doing some more great '90s topics, you know. Um, and Brendan, why don't you talk to them about our new technology?
0: Yeah. So I'm. <laughs> we're doing our show not on a stupid app anymore. We're um, we are actually recording on a zoom um which is a a pot like as a recording device and adam is on skype and we are you know we're recording you know without the well i guess we are using an app because we're using skype but you know the sound quality is going to be better and we're trying to make this show easier to do for me and adam particularly because we have had so much issues with Podcasting apps, whether it be online, we have like
1: four. We have like four full blown episodes that we've done that you guys will never hear because the stupid app ate it.
0: Yeah, and so this will hopefully make it easier for us to podcast and make it us be able to do these more timely. Because one of the problems we ran into recently is that we try to do these podcasts and then all of a sudden the app's not working or you don't have a good enough internet connection. So we're going to try to fix that. We're going to be trying to come out with shows on a more regular basis and
1: and you and you guys can help that by reaching out to us and letting us know what topics you're interested in, what topics of the show you'd like to hear. And uh we'd like to warn you that anything too fringe, we're probably not going to do. Like but, even though we could, like people don't click on it.
0: Yeah, we're not doing Bottle Rocket as I was told yeah, by we're Adam later. Not doing later. what
1: about Bob?
0: Ah, uh, but what about Bob? So good.
1: It's okay.
0: I mean it's one I mean it's a good 90s film. Yeah, movie okay. do you do you discern between what a movie is and what a film is like would you like say like there's like do you say like all no. movies are films or all uh, films are movies or like is there a I don't, level I
1: don't to me there's not a difference between okay. a movie or a film it's just what word you use to okay. me <laughs> there's some people you know that might argue that and I think they're probably pretentious you know elitist bastards but uh, to me they're the same thing
0: okay I'm just trying to like settle an argument that I had in my office and I say that films are movies that are like actually movies worth watching, whereas movies like that are like candy or more like just movies, they're not really films. I don't know.
1: <laughs> so so you, you're the pretentious elitist bastard. You call a good movie a film and a bad movie a movie.
0: Um, like a, Like a Bruckheimer film. Or film? (laughs) That's a movie.
1: (laughs) You know, Bruckheimer owns the NHL hockey Seattle hockey team now.
0: Or Or he's a part like all these people who own teams now are like they're all like no, but he's a principal partner. There's two
1: main partners, and Jerry Bruckheimer is one of them.
0: Oh, exciting! Do have they named the team yet?
1: No, they Mm -hmm. haven't. Well, they probably have, but they haven't released it to the public, to my knowledge.
0: Well, wake me up when Sonics get back there. Before you go,
1: go Um, wake me
0: up before your September ends. Um, yeah. or when September ends.
1: So how can they reach out to us one more time,
0: Brennan? Super 90s Brothers at gmail.com. You can also follow, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I'm, I'll try to get on there more and posting more. Um, but you know what? People are finding our podcast. If you want to connect with us, connect with us via email or message us, message us on Instagram or on on Facebook through our um, our social channels. You can find Adam on tw- Twitter at Adam Pitzler. And then you can find me on Twitter at BroPo mode. Um, yeah, so if you want to connect with us, do that. Um, if you want to talk to Adam personally, his phone number is
1: five five five.
0: But but really, All yeah, away. reach out, and um, we'd love to like you know get some comments back from you guys, ideas, questions. Um, please reach out; that'd be great. And uh, thank you for listening.
1: Yeah, for Brendan Pointer, I am Adam J. Pitzler. This has been a fantastic tastic episode of Super 90s Bros, GoldenEye Style. So uh, you guys take care of each other, listen to the podcast, like us, share us, tell your friends, and enjoy, and have a good week. Talk to you later, guys.
0: Peace.